Two Locks and a Cox. From Dylan's Radio X. Welcome back to the fifth episode of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, rugby's answer to the dustbin, Ian Dunstan, and Dame Sarah Cox, MBE, the Dame of the Realm. I'm not a Dame. Well, you are to us. This week on the field, England's lack of game plan, Wales, my new adopted nation, are set to dominate the whole of the Rugby World Cup. Off the field, the Women's Rugby World Cup coming to Sandy Park, the Exeter Chiefs new kit, and in the bin, disciplinary committees. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. I would like to start with what a fabulous weekend of football it was and the Lionesses getting into that final. Yeah, do you know what? I'll agree with that. I um, I actually stopped unpacking in my house move, sat down with the kids and watched the final and uh, Mary Earps in goal was my hero. I'm, I'm a goalkeeper by trade, so Neville Southall was my hero. Uh, and there was a cracking piece on Twitter where there was a bloke doing Gonzo interviews and there was two people in goalkeeper's outfits and it turned out to be her parents on the way to the game. Oh, that's amazing. That's Which amazing. I thought was cool. And she saved the penalty, so she's already my hero. Oh, I think I think they've done extremely well and they've really put women's sport on the map. I think, I think they have got a very, very bright future and this is just the start of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tend to agree. I watched it at Henley in a field with about 6,000 people at Rewind Festival. They put it on the big screen and it was brilliant to be part of something. I'm not a big football fan, but I am a patriot and it was great just being amongst all these people, just looking at glee on how well that these ladies did. Can I just also say how good is this? This is the first time where we've managed to radio someone in. Ian is in a field at the Sunshine Festival in his his caravan. With his sky in my net- home, I'm in Upton upon the Seven for Sunshine Festival with Starlink. Other fast internet, Skynet, Skynet, and not in a caravan. Yeah, so so it's Ian, you're, are you on like a world tour with your caravan at the moment? Where are you going? Because you did two festivals last week. I did uh, Rewind at Henley, and then we've zoomed over to. Uh, Upton upon Seven here, it's beautiful, the village or town, it's a town. And yeah, we've got another festival here, three, four days. And are you are you actually are you working while this is going on as well? Are you are you showing? Sure, yeah, you- when you bring bring your internet with you and you just crack on and work. Luckily, I'm you know flexible. I can sit here and crack on. Well, I mean, you're flexible. You can sit there and crack on. You can adapt. Unlike England with their game plan. You've been waiting to do that one for a while, well, haven't you? I, you know, I'm I'm very happy now because I'm Chris Llewellyn Evans and I support oh, Wales. God. And just watching the England game plan, uh, uh, they're playing against Ireland. They got a free hit. No one's expecting them to do anything, and they continue to play this attritional kick at all costs. You know, we we even get a right shoulder in the scrum, midfield kick, and you just think, come on, guys, inspire us, do something. That that George Ford spiral bomb, can I say, is one of my worst nightmares as well as a referee because I have no idea where it's going to land. So I. But but isn't it bad that the the main attacking weapon of the England rugby team is a spiral bomb? I think it's very impressive. Have you have you seen how high and and how it comes down? It's it's terrible to try and get underneath. Mate, catching a rugby ball is one of the hardest skills in the world, anyway. Well, very true. <laughs> There's Teflon, man. Yeah, exactly. Teflon. But Teflon or digital one... are my nicknames. Nothing can we can we no just hands. on this point of Chris Bentley playing rugby? He did actually play rugby, and if you haven't seen it, there is a fabulous clip of him scoring a try against who was it? Bristol. Oh, there's against over four thousand people in the crowd. Over four thousand people down at the old county ground, and Chris Bentley, I think at one point thought he was Chris Ashton. And I scored the decisive try. You did score the decisive Jack, Jack try. Yendel, Jack Yendel actually saw it, and he said, "What what exactly was Rob saying to you?" 
Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've always been quite theatrical, and I got it's very rare that I score. So when I do, I make a fuss, and to actually have a run in, most of my tries are pick and flop. This was this was fantastic. You actually ran. You actually ran. Oh, I God think damn. at one point you panicked that you had space, and so all you saw was the try line. So that's what you made a beeline for. <laughs> but we only knew that you. Ash had a splash, didn't he? The Ash splash. What do we call it? The bentos. Belly flop, I think. Well, no, to be yeah. fair, he didn't belly flop. He actually puts this down. I put it down but, with two hands. But it's... I learned a lesson as a young man. Don't show off once you're over the try line. Well, you did. You still showed off. No, and... but, but I had the ball totally the ball secure. And flew it in the air. That well, was my celebration. Always throw the ball in the air so everyone knows it was me. Yeah. And also, <laughs> now you can't do that because you, you run your own shot clock down. But can I make my point that the only reason we knew that you'd broken through that line and changed speed is that your knees got higher so I, I will. Can, we, can, we can get, I say that you people need to go and watch this clip because it lives rent free in my brain. I will. I will. I'll put, it, I'll put it on my Twitter so everyone can see it. But back to the plot. Going back to this, why do England have to have a red card to actually look like they play like a rugby team? I, I, I honestly feel that the, the, it was when Brian Ashton was in charge of the England team. And the, the whisper was that Martin Curry went to him and said, right, we've had enough of you, we're going to do our own thing. This is when they, they got beat by South Africa in the, the first round and then playing South Africa in the final. It just feels to me like England is stifled and, and, and Borthwick has gone with a, a predominantly Leicester and Saracens flavour team. And he's trying to play a game plan that has worked to an extent in the Premiership and what have you. But, you know, the season that Leicester won it, it was a very weak Premiership anyway. Um, and, and he's being found out. This is my personal inflection is being found out and, and only when England go well actually we p- probably don't have the personnel to play this way which is very similar to South Africa high attrition low mistakes everybody knows what they're doing Flatman did a nice piece to ITV you know he said he could play for he, w- he wouldn't play well but he could play for South Africa because everyone knows what they're doing England are trying to do the same thing but they haven't got Eben Estebeth RG Snyman they haven't got these huge monsters that are going to dominate the ball um, you know Itoji's been off form for quite some time now I haven't seen a game where he's been absolutely dominant and and up front we haven't got that team and I think the way we're trying to play is not going to work for England at the World Cup and unfortunately the spin merchants are going to go well it's okay because we make the semi-final because whether we beat or lose to Argentina in the first first game we are going to beat everybody else in our pool was it Japan, Argentina and um, Chile is it? So we're going to win those which which means Are we, we going to beat Argentina? I'm not convinced at no, the moment. Even if we don't beat Argentina, we go through as runners-up, and then we're going to play the Wales or Australia in a quarter-final, and then all of a sudden you're in a semi-final, and everyone goes, oh, well done. And it's like, well, no, it's not. We're, we're rubbish. That's a big statement to say that they're rubbish. <laughs> well, they are a little bit rubbish, aren't they? Let, 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 actually, it's not a big statement at all. Um, nobody is really confident in what's going on. No one's confident in the direction. I think if we could see like a glimmer of hope of where this was coming from, but you know, Ireland just saw it. They ran straight between two props for their first try because the line speed was so much, left a gap, boom, straight through. They made them look very, very average. On the, on the flip, though, on the flip, let's just throw it the other way. How about maybe England just aren't playing their full hand and they're waiting for the World Cup and we're going to play. No. Uh, Argentina and and absolutely that, that's, bamboo. That's really positive very much, very much like Eddie Jones someone. has said, judge me on the World Cup. Again, well, that is like anything, isn't it? You, you are only playing for the World Cup, but you'd really thought that he'd finally you, that he'd know what his centre combinations were, or he'd know what his back three were, and he still doesn't seem to. Well, the whisper is Marcus Smith's going to start on the weekend at fullback. Uh, at the tele- the Telegraph well, have taken a scoop, and they think Marcus Smith is going to start at fullback. Which seems ridiculous because well, Freddie... he came on for, at fullback, didn't he? Yeah, 
But Freddie Stewart, well, I mean, technically, I suppose if Freddie Stewart's nailed on as your fullback, you may as well rest him and try somebody the, else. The team hey. came out about 30 minutes ago, so Freddie Stewart is at fullback. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Telegraph got Bosch, it wrong. Bosch centre, so Tulangi and Lawrence there. Johnny May on one wing. I thought he'd retired. He's really old, isn't he? Uh, Max Malin's on the other wing. George Ford starting at 10. Mitchell at 9. That's uh, a good show. Your lad, your lad, Theo Dan at 2. Uh, and then, yeah, Genge and Cole as props. Toji Chesham, Courtney Laws, Willis, Ben Earl, because we've got no specialist eight anymore. Um, uh, and then your bench has got Marcus Smith, Danny Kerr, Joe Marchant, Ludlam, Ribbons, Stewart, Marler and Walker. Right, okay. It's not a bad side. So, well, they're playing Fiji. Fiji are looking good. Great side. Fiji, Fiji. There's so many good players there. But, they're just not playing together. But Fiji are playing well. I, I think this could, and and there isn't going to be a big crowd. The whisper is they're going to, they're not going to open the top tier at Twickenham. So we've got forty thousand in. Uh, Fiji could cause the upset. They genuinely could. They could very easily. They, Fiji did not have a good game at the weekend, though. Was that your Starlink, Ian? Oh uh, yeah, it was. I, I put um, was uh, focus on. There, ding, 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 ding. there Thanks, are also mate. other providers available. Yeah. 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 No, Fiji didn't do at all, did they? Uh, and I guess Fiji are try, trying to kind of find their feet a little bit as well with their players and what's going on. So, no, Fiji got a decent team, and 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 they're, they're, Mark Evans, who I think is is the the global messiah of rugby, he gets the game at all levels. Um, he's been over and helping with the Druer, and they're doing really well. Um, so I, I, I fancy the Fijians are going to upset people and I think they could upset us this weekend alright money's yeah. on you then yeah uh, any, uh, well the, the World Cup's coming and everyone's getting excited uh, any any other inflections from either of you guys on the World Cup or should we move to off the field oh, I, I, no I just think it's just still not got the hype it needs to have I think I still think this World Cup sort of really crept up on us, and uh, and that the excitement isn't quite there. And I don't know if it's because we're not playing well, or that the publication wasn't out there, or because the tickets have all been sold out, or or what it is. But I don't feel there's a buzz. There was a great buzz this week for another World Cup, which is that Sandy Park's been uh, nominated as the as one of the stadiums for the Women's World Cup in two years. Well, hang on. Off the field. <laughs> <laughs> he segued you in too well, early. Into off the field, no, but I think absolute tip of the cap well done to the backroom staff at Sandy Park to, to secure uh, Women's World Cup rugby uh, there's only five venues I believe no and and Exeter yeah. City Council actually yeah okay and so I was going to say I was going to say Exeter City Council yeah there's eight venues there's eight eight venues, venues okay yeah. well there's eight venues and Exeter is one of them so once again the eyes of the world are going to be turned into the, the southwest of England and, and Exeter is going to be right on the map there. It's it's wonderfully ge- geographically dispersed as well. So it's covering pretty much the entirety of England, which I think is, is also phenomenal because we are now breaking into new crowds, new demographics in places. And, you know, you can see Brighton and Hove. We're using the football stadium there. We're using the York football stadium. And th- these will be perfect venues to get lots of people in lots of people excited and get some sort of hype around it no i think so Brian and Cove is a really good stadium as well that's where japan beat south africa oh <laughs> is that it yeah thanks for that factoid Ian. that's an that's an unbelievable right. fact though then yeah, there could be some good upsets yeah we, we need we need some new factoids because that's quite a while ago now yeah but that's all right that's all good right. for ian that's that's a good fact. No, I I think it's it's brilliant, and we, we've got we've got to give some some kudos to Exeter City Council as well that have have done a lot yeah, of hard that. work in the background. We've done that, sir. No, I think I think specifically around wanting to bring more events to to the city itself, and again 
just creating that hype and that buzz because without that I don't think we get these opportunities and we don't get to to really show off what Exeter has to to offer when we are at the end of the motorway a very long way down it's not that far down it is a long way down well it depends if you're coming from Dundee yeah but (laughs) (laughs) that's what we miss in geography now wow all right okay Chief's new kit what's our thoughts on Chief's new kit which one? Oh, it's really cool, isn't it? The European I, I like one, the, the blue. blue one. We haven't had blue for a while. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, for Chiefs are like Newcastle United in football. Newcastle United have to have black and white stripes. We're always going to be black at home and white on the road. So the European kit, they, they take a load of LSD and go, right, what should we do this year? <laughs> Let's go with this crazy electric blue with like the Chiefs logo sort of embossed slightly in the sublimation. But it's always been it's like good. that. Yeah, I think and it's the, uh, a local builders merchants have taken the front of the shirt so that's really cool obviously Chiefs well supported by Southwest Comms for so many years and with the focus group buying them uh, not having quite that same support and uh, we had Troy last year which was great and then this year Bradford's and uh, yeah the focus group actually sponsored the, the women's front of the shirt so they've they've ploughed that into the women's side of things yeah this this was something that I was sort of party to back in the day as, as the the values of the Exeter Chiefs kit started to grow, we decided that it was going to be difficult to keep a sponsor in a position. So we started to fragment so people could sponsor home away and European in diff- as different uh, entities because the, the values that were required to pay um, the wages of some of the guys. As we say, the focus group, can we say other telecoms companies are available? Don't get jealous of your Skylink <laughs> in your caravan. Uh, no, but I, I mean... Talking about kits, is, is it just me that's a stash fiend? No, no, I 100% am a stash fiend. And when I first started refereeing, I was onto a winner because they used to give out loads and loads of stash and free boots and free trainers. And I was like, this is fantastic. I get there, that's the first year they stopped doing it. No way. And I've never had decent kissings. Oh, mate. I, I had a. So back in the day, the first year we went in the Premiership, Powerade sponsored the league. And we got pallets upon pallets of Powerade. And they, they didn't think about the fact that they were delivering them to AVETs at certain venues. So the rugby club, we, we got like 3,000 bottles. And they had this special promo that if you collected the labels... Oh, my God. This has got your name written you, all over it. If you it. collected the labels, you could get um, <laughs> perks. So there was like polar heart rate monitors. There was New Balance trainers. And Hayden Thomas and I set bins up and said, oh, we're, we're going to... Guys, throw your Powerade bottles only in here. We're recycling. And after training... <laughs> It's a true story. After training, we used to collect the labels, and I got like twelve pairs of New Balance trainers for four of these pole. The heart rate watches were great presents, but I kept the trainers. And it was about four years ago. I ran out of trainers. I was gutted. <laughs> You're such a cheapskate. You're still like that now. The, la- the lads didn't realise that Rat and I were on this. Hayden Thomas is called the Rat because he was a chemistry student, um, so he was the lab rat. But then he became the Lat because he's just a horrible human being. I can't talk about it on this web- on this podcast. But Hayden Thomas. The rat and I, we did it, and and we did so well. It was amazing. I used to sit and just look at my pile of trainers and think, this is amazing. I love my stash. You're something else. Something else. Yes, I am. I am. Uh, And and, and the ridiculous thing is now, I I had so much stash. I gave a load to Ian. I had to go around to his house a few weeks ago and actually get some back because I'd run out. Why? What are you doing (laughs) with it? Uh, I'll wear it to the gym and what have you. Does it, is this I, so I gave you all sorts of stash. Genuinely. Didn't right. you get your Edinburgh uh, shorts back that you gave me years ago? Some Tasman kit, all yeah, sorts. Yeah, Tasman Mako's the lot. 
I've more clubs than Jack Nicholas, me. Most of my career was at Oral and Exeter, but I played for a few other clubs in between. And I gave a lot of stuff to, to Ian. Because our youthful listeners will know who Tiger Woods is. Okay, sorry. Yeah, oh, you're correct, our youthful listeners. Sorry, Dad. Um, anyway, final point is the disciplinary committees. I think we have to touch on that. Um, justice was eventually served, but what's our feelings towards the fact that we have to have lawyers involved in the disciplinaries? Should everybody have a lawyer? Should a lawyer be in the bunker? Uh, Coxie, are you willing to have any emerge in, and have a conversation on this, or would you rather plead the fifth? I think a lawyer in the bunker would be a bit weird. I think you need the experts in the bunker, I and mean, that's what you've got at the moment. You've got referees in there, you've got TMOs in there. So I think that's the important bit. Um, as to, to what it looks like from the disciplinary side of stuff, look, we've we've had to go back on something and, and it got appealed and now we've got the, the right outcome. But I think to touch on the bunker itself, I think that as a concept seems to be working very, very well. And I know a lot of the feedback that I've had from people just generally is that this is a good concept. It's speeding the game up. We're not getting lots of reviews. We're not having to go back and forth on replays. It's actually, it's dealt with in the background and then it's a quick, this is actually getting upgraded. The referee explains it and off it goes. Um, so I, I think as a concept, this needs to continue. I think what needs to happen in the background is is that there's got to be some sort of change with regards to what's happening with that that sort of citing commission and, and, and what they're doing in the background because we've seen quite clearly that that, that disconnected for a while there but it seems to have, have sort of reconnected itself now. Okay. Ian? Uh, it was great, wasn't it? I, I mean, the, the Billy was clearly a red card but it was good that actually the ref had it taken out of his hands by just doing a yellow and checking it. Uh, and that the right decision was come to, but there they could look at the mitigation. So that is a chance for them to look at all of these things. Then having a, a lawyer involved at the actual the hearing was just wrong. And it, you know, we, we talked about it, didn't we? The King's Council or Queen's Council or whatever he was. And yes, he had had a chance to do everything else. But I think the bunker review has worked on those occasions. And whereas I'd love to have seen the drama of Billy just given a red straight away because it clearly was, he was given that chance of some mitigation uh pass it but but and that really is good and i'd like to see the bunker stay i think for now the uh um the yeah the the after hearing the right outcome happened it took world rugby jumping in and going uh no i don't think we're going to do that uh they couldn't find these three australians apparently living in a castle somewhere on the extra budget they were given by the six nations (laughs) wow Come on, that had to be so corrupt, didn't it? They were definitely lent on to make the right decision there, uh, uh, or make the wrong decision and try and justify it as the right one. Uh, but the outcome happened. He's got off for another while. Billy's got three weeks, is it? Because of he's got a week for tackling school. Yeah. Um, and the England team have well, come no, out. We, 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 we call it tackling school. It's it's an education. It's not tackling school. They're educated about and, and tried to help to, to, to improve their tackling technique. We call it tackling school just to abbreviate it and everyone's getting upset. It's tackling school. No, it's not. There's an actual intervention and, and they're, they're coached to tackle better. And the vast majority of people that go to, I'll put it in parentheses, tackling school, don't reoffend because they learn. Yeah, Andy Farrell was great. His comments he made about his son calling yeah. it a circus. Right. I, I, then, I, I want to put this to bed on a light-hearted one. I'm going to jump over you, Ian. I watched in the yeah. Football World Cup and all of the bunker officials, uh, the v- VAR, were in full kit. Coxie, do you wear full kit when, you, when you're in the bunker? No. <laughs> no. 
They literally had shorts and socks on. It was amazing. I did not know that. It was like John Terry in the football when he won, he wore his full kit. It's obviously afterwards when they get their medals, they, they want to be in full kit. So they're not, they're not really? Just, yeah. I didn't so when, know So when you're doing TMO, because you've done TMO, haven't you? Yes, I have. It's the most frightening thing known to mankind. Well, we haven't discussed this. Just, just tell us a little bit about what it's like as a TMO. It's, it's actually more difficult than people think. Um, so when you're in the truck, you have no concept of the outside world other than what the cameras are pointing at. So um, when you think, oh, why why can't the TMO see this? It might be that the camera's not pointing at it. Um, and I'm also not facing the pitch. So I don't know where you are on a pitch unless, again, I've got the camera angles. And sometimes the cameras are the opposite to what's actually happening on the pitch. So um, you get, I think normally it's uh, six screens um, and they will label them and it will, it will correspond to cameras. You've also got cameras um, roaming around as well. And basically what happens is that you'll have a live, a delay, and then those six screens, and you've got to be watching those six screens and the live and delay and working out which angle that you want. So when it comes to tries, you'll start teeing that up with the director and say, if this try scores here, I will want to see the grounding. Um, and I think that will probably come best from the corner angle. And he might say, yep, no problem. Um, if it's deliberate knock-ons, they might give the penalty and you'll say, well, I'm going to need the high and wides to see if there's overlaps. Um, so you're trying to be two, three steps ahead of, of what actually what's happening on the pitch. And then sometimes you get two incidents, incidents that happen in a very short space of time. So you're looking at one of them on the delay screen. So I'm looking at seven seconds later. Um, I then miss the second incident because I'm looking at that one that happened then. And then I've got to go back and look at both of those. In the meantime, the game is continuing and you might then have a try. So I've got to work out which ones I've got to go back for. Um, and then those foul play ones as well is, is yeah, again, you've got to try and be two steps ahead of what's actually happening. So you might get this wow moment and you think, OK, I'm going to need to look at that. Um, but what you also have to be aware of is is when you talk to the director, the commentators can hear you as well. Um, and do, do you have a, a say with the directors? Because they, they often, uh, in commentary, they talk about the French directors and they won't show certain things. You, do you struggle to get sometimes images that you need to see? Yeah, you can do sometimes. Um, the directors obviously have got their script that they want to stick to um, and they've got the angles that they want to show. Um, sometimes if you, if you go back to, to looking at the... Um, the the Farrell incident in the Gloucester game, um, there might be something that that you're seeing on a screen and the the director puts up and you weren't aware that it was going to go up on the screen, um, so you you do get to to a point sometimes that, that that things are happening that the director is driving and and you're not, but you you are at the mercy of the the what they want to do and what they want to to put up. Um, what about commentators? Because Austin Healy must do your reading because he's like, oh, something happened back there, and then the, sometimes a commentary team will pick on something in a game and. The game's gone beyond it. Have you got any any, any means to, to like, like lay a three line whip on the commentators? Just let that go. No, Don't talk no. About that. So, so we do we do a lot of hard work in the background to um, keep commentators up to date with what we're looking at as referees, um, and we do a lot of sitting down and saying, right, these are directives of this season. This is what we're we're, we're looking at, and these are the reasons why we're doing things. And you'll hear now that. They're, they're, they're a lot more on board with what's happening because they understand it and they're, they're with us on that, that same journey. Um, when you're in the box, I, I can't hear what they're saying, so I've no idea, but sometimes you, you are looking at the same thing. Um, and there are times no where you... Feet. So you, you can't hear the commentary that's going on there at all? No. no. Uh, which is great. 
that's the and that's the way it should be because otherwise you you can't help but have subconscious can you you know a number of times right come on lads let's just make a nice gap at this line out so the ref can see not straight and then the ref blows not straight so it's just subliminal stuff if you can't hear it then that's good yeah and that's the reason why you want to take that out um, because at the end of the day, you are human beings. Um, so you, you want to mitigate that and get get rid of that so that you can make the, the, the decisions. But um, sometimes things happen as well that you can't see on the screen and the referee says, oh, don't worry, they'll check that in the background. And you're wondering what it is that you're checking. So you get to a point That's where... <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what am I checking? Um, so so we we sort of sit down again as a team of referees in in England, and we work out what the protocols and what what it is that and how we want to operate within all of that. And we can see TMOs are becoming more and more vital to to games, and we want the games to to speed up. So if we are all on the same page, and that's commentators through to TMOs to referees to ARs to to stakeholders outside of all of that, then we can get this game moving a bit quicker. Um, and we can get these things happening a bit quicker because everybody can come on that journey with us. So TMOing is a lot more complicated than people think it is and uh, there's a can lot more going on. Time, can you do it in full kit for us? I'm not doing it in yeah, full kit. You've got to do, do it in full kit. kit. Just do it for us. We want a picture of you. Full <laughs> in kit, the bunker. In the can you rock up in the bunker with a whistle? <laughs> My, my whistle and cards. Yeah. Whistling cards in the bunker, yeah. that'd be amazing. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And boots. And be, oh my God, you'll slip over oh, in there. Could you imagine? We, it's going to happen. We don't need to imagine it. No. I, d- I don't go anywhere in my on-field kit until I walk out in the tunnel. Okay. I, I, right, I well, refuse. Let's save this. Let's save this for another for another uh, another pod. But what I would say, if, if you've got any questions for Coxie or for Ian or myself, email brad at radiox.co.uk. Brad, the rugby god, will take the questions, bring them on. We can have a bit of a chat about that. We're really keen to start to grow the interactivity. And, and I want to stop you now, Coxie, because we've had a good pod. We need to move on to State of the Nation, where we've got Ben Gatehouse from South Malton Rugby Club. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's happening at South Malton. I hear you've got a bit of a challenge because you've got a game against Tiverton that may not be taking place. I think we've just called it off this morning because uh, a lot of our lads are very agricultural and grass needs cutting and silage needs making so we've um, had to pull out the fixture unfortunately yeah that's a shame but you so you're at South Malton this is going to be your last season as a player I believe yeah my 26th and final season yeah of adult rugby yeah that's that is a yeah. decent innings but tell, tell us about South Malton Rugby Club tell us the state of the club how it's going what the aspirations are the youth mini section the ladies team what's going on um, so the youth section is, is incredible uh, we've got absolutely huge numbers there we start from taggies all the way up to colts um great numbers all the way through we've got uh five ladies teams as well five, um, five. from from under 18 down and yeah. then we run two senior sides as well so we've got one our second team are in the merit table and our first team are in counties two and who, who yeah. who's the who's the main opponent in counties two then who are you taking on uh, so Barnstable second team are currently in our league. Exmouth, uh, Exmouth second team, yes, I played there last year. Oh God! So yes. we've got, got Ex, Exmouth twos, but also Barnstable twos, which are like our probably our nearest local rivals. So yeah, yeah. And, and with regards to the team, uh, are we looking to recruit some players? Yeah, of course. I think I think the situation we're in, we're always looking to strengthen depth. We are thin on the ground on front row, but I think a lot of clubs are. So, yeah, we'd love some props. If there's any props listening or out there that want to play for South Malton, we'd, we'd, we'd love you on board. Ian, you've, you've played prop at sort of counties level, haven't you? 
<laughs> I, I played prop when no one else would, and I decided that it was uncontested scrums otherwise, and I'd actually have to run. So it was easier to just move up to prop than it was to uh, to actually have to run around with uncontested scrums, which is pretty much all my game these days. And did did was it was welcome. it was it arduous or can you get can you get by? Because this is the sort of thing for Ben really. I mean, people will be going, oh, I don't want to play prop, but actually, if, if Ian can get away with it, a lot of people could probably get away with it. Well, I'm six four, so I'm probably you know one of the taller ones on the on the side, and it's fine. I just listened to the words of the great Bob Armstrong, a uh, former chief and Bristol player, and it's spanking in line, and then off we go. Okay, well, back to the plot, Ben. Tell me about some big characters at your club. Uh, yeah, we've got some good lads at the club. We've um, we've got some young, real young talent. Um, twenty year old, twenty one year olds. You know, we've got a, a lad called Jake Cook, who's our fly half. Um, very underrated by himself. He's possibly one of the best young talents I've ever played with. Um, but he sort of could take or leave rugby. He's yeah, he's a good, very good player. I've got a lot of time for that lad. Um, yeah, we've got a lad called John Tungle, who's our tight head prop. Um, yeah, good character. Does the tungle chop? Only tackles ankles and below. So this year's. Um, Laws don't really affect him because he's always taking shoelaces anyway. Oh yeah, go on then. You, you, um, Ben. I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue. You're one yeah. of the first people I've spoken to who's actually played with the new laws. How are you getting on? Um, yeah, I don't. Well, we we've got a referee that's sort of linked to our club. So as soon as he got told how to referee it, he came down to pre-season and gave us a bit of a um, facts facts on how they're going to referee it. We've played um, one pre-season game with it. There was probably two penalties given away that would have been penalties last year anyway. See, this um, this is the point. This is a really good point, Ben, that you make, is that we went down and watched um, Newton Abbott the other week and I don't remember seeing one penalty for anything above the, the tackle height. I think I think we've, we've over-egged this a little bit and I think it will naturally find a place that it's actually fine. The referees aren't going after it, the players aren't going after it and we're still playing rugby. Would you agree with that, Eric? You've said not one penalty that wouldn't have been a penalty last year. So actually, yeah. the, the the law change hasn't altered the fact that that was a high tackle last year. It's a high tackle now. All right, Coxie. Any further questions from you? No, I, I think that's think really good. That's a really poignant point that actually this has not changed anything. I think, I think it was just sold badly when it first came out. I think it was just sold badly when it first came out. It was it was sort of waist height tackles. That's how it's sold. But in reality, I think it. The referees have been told to stern them and down, which yep. you're tackling under the ball, which is which is an effective tackle anyway. Um, the only thing it's sort of removed is the, you know, the midway sort of big shoulder, big shoulder to chest yeah. that, right. that stops people. So. Okay, well, that's the only thing that's we, we got a bit of we got a flavour with State of the Nation. Ben, I'm going to leave the microphone for you for the final final word. Anything else you want to say about South Malton? Anyone you want to give a message to? Shout out to rinse whatever you want. It's yours. Go. Uh, yeah, just get the lads down to the club. Um, really good club down in North Devon. Would love to recruit some more players. We've got our first game down at OPMs on the 2nd of September. Be great to get as many people down there watching. Um, and for Neil, um, who's our kit manager, just tell him to stop having um, his little, little seizures, little fits. That'd be ideal. Fantastic. <laughs> 
That was fascinating from Ben at South Moulton. And hopefully, if you want to talk about your rugby club, email brad at radiox.co.uk. We can get you on. We can hear about some of the main players, some of the characters. You can promote the club. You can do what you like to let us know about your club. Other than that, the aircon's just kicking in. And I think it's about time for us to call it a day. But I know there's one big game going on this weekend. Plymouth Albion have got the reverse fixture against Cornish Pirates at the Brickfield. It was close that last game, wasn't it? No, Coxie, that's unfair. No, Sarah, so, don't be fine. So the Cornish Pirates as a professional team playing with high-tackling rules beat Plymouth Albion 45-5 down at the Menet. I think it'll be a different kettle of fish at the Brickfields. I think they'll get a good crowd on. If you want to see a good bit of local rugby, get down to the Brickfields this weekend. It'll be a three o'clock kickoff. Coxie, have you got anything to say about that? No, I haven't. No. Ian, have you got anything to say about that? I just hope it's a good game and that Albion put up a better fight in their own house. Exactly. Right. It's been Two Locks and a Cox, episode five. Thank you for listening to Dame Sarah Cox, MBE. Brad the Rugby God's been looking after us. Ian is in his caravan. He's going to have a lovely time at the Freedom Festival. And I'm Chris Bentley. Thank you very much for listening. It's a motorhome. Two Locks and a Cox. From Devon's Radio X.